All right, Fostering Fortnight got underway on Monday last and will run right up until St. Patrick's Day. It's an annual campaign that raises awareness and understanding of foster care in this country. If it aims to shine a light on the valuable contributions being made by fostering families on a daily basis. Now, inside the next couple of minutes or so in studio, we're going to be joined by Kenneth and Kevin, who have both been fostering children uh, with their families over a period of time. We'll hear from some some of their experiences and how rewarding it can be. But we're going to start off the discussion in the company of Rachel Walsh, who is a social worker and is dealing with this on a, on a regular basis. Rachel, good morning to you. Thank you indeed for coming into the studio. Yeah, good morning, John, and thank you for giving us this opportunity to come in to you this morning. So I suppose, as you said, Fostering Fortnight is currently underway. It started there on Monday the 6th, and it'll, it's running this week and next week. And I suppose it's really a chance to increase the awareness and understanding around fostering, but also to celebrate and highlight the valuable work that's taken place around the country in relation to fostering. I suppose on a local level here in Sligo Leitrim, West Cavan, um, we will host two coffee mornings. One is happening um, tomorrow morning in the Sligo Park Hotel. So that's Friday the 10th of March from 11 until 1. Um, and then the other is happening in Crines Hotel, Carrick and Shannon on Wednesday next. So that's the 15th of March from quarter past 10 until quarter past 12. So these, both of these events, I suppose, are for an opportunity for anyone who may be interested in fostering to come along, to have a chat, to learn more about fostering, to meet with some some of our foster carers and also the local Tusla fostering team. I suppose if anyone is unable to attend either of those coffee mornings, you can always free phone us on our number, which is 1800 226771 or send us an email on tusla.fostering at and a member of the team will be in contact to just have a chat and can I suppose answer any questions you may have in relation to fostering. And it's a great opportunity maybe for anybody who has an interest in this maybe to go along and they will be able to find out more information. I'll just bring you in a little bit closer to the microphone and we were talking off air about the need for a fostering service and we were looking at breaking it down, I suppose, predominantly in your region here of Sligo, Leitrim and parts of Cavan as well. And each and every day, each and every week, there are large numbers of children who end up in these circumstances where they need the the security, the love, the attention that's been provided by foster families. Always a significant number that never really changes all that much, does it? Um, no, and you're right. I suppose, look, at we are always looking for foster carers. So just to give um, figures, I suppose, at the moment here in Sligo, Leitrim, West Cavan, we currently have 112 children in care um, and 85 foster carers on our panel. Um, I suppose at a national level then, we have um, just over 4,000 foster carers and nearly about 5,500 children in care. So I suppose we are always looking for individuals or families who have space in their home and in their lives and who can provide a safe and nurturing environment um, in which a child can be cared for. I suppose we're looking for individuals and families who can provide different um, types of fostering, so whether that be emergency short-term fostering, whether it's respite fostering or long-term fostering. In many ways it's a vocation, you could probably describe it, um, the the services that Kenneth and Kevin are, are providing and others like them right across the North West and 
do, even when we take away maybe some of the the narratives that are very much maybe dominating the current agenda, the cost of living crisis, the whole influx of refugees into the country. Yes, that may be happening, but at the same time, you know, there are still families here, there are still children here who need foster homes. And is is it more difficult as a result maybe of some of the things that I just mentioned, maybe to get places? Or has that changed the difference between the balance of, say, su- supply and demand? Yeah, and I suppose it's gone back to really we're always continually looking for foster carers and I suppose definitely different things can impact that level of need um, but we are always looking for foster carers within our area and nationally. All right, so let's hear maybe some of the experiences of uh, what our next two gentlemen have um, have had as, as foster carers. Kenneth, if we can start off with, with yourself um, on this. Um, Tell me why, what attracted you to becoming, um, providing foster care in the first place? Uh, well, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, sorry, John, I, I, I've been kind of uh, fostering for the last 23, 24 years. Um, I, it initially started off um, when, 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 I, uh, when we, we took in uh, some children uh, on a respite basis, whereby basically you didn't commit to taking them into your home on a full-time basis, but you might sort of relieve the parents for a, a weekend, a month or something like that. And, and in some cases, respite care like that can mean so much to families that are under pressure, that need a break. Absolutely, you know looking after a child like that with special needs whether it be physical or mental you know it can be very tiring and very stressful for families so giving them a break is is always a useful thing to do so that that was how we started off and uh, then we basically proceeded then to take in um, more long term uh, you know in for maybe six months or something like that and uh, in recent uh, in, in, and subsequently in recent years then it prolonged and there's been a number of cases where there's been uh, in there for until they're 18 basically you know so it depends on the circumstances. And all this started twenty year over twenty years ago, back in the year two thousand, and here we are now in twenty twenty three, and you're still providing this care. Probably impossible, maybe, to quantify and even put a number on all the children that would have gone through your home at one stage or another. But I presume you've had so many experiences um, in that period of time, and probably a database of knowledge and parenting skills built up as a result. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, again, yeah, a large number of kids, 30, 30 anyway, I'd have thought, you know, in, in, in different guises. But I mean, it is a very rewarding thing. You know, we felt that we had some space in our lives and in our home and uh, the capacity to sort of, I suppose, offer the service. And uh, it also was good for our own kids as well to sort of see that there's not, not everybody is as fortunate as they are, you know, and it's it's a learning curve. But I mean, you know, children come into care for different reasons. They just need stability. They need love. They need to be feel safe, they need to feel secure, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously when, when they come in, in the, initially, they're coming from some sort of trauma, perhaps, but I mean, you know, with, with the help of the various supports that, that TUSLA provide, uh, which are readily available, you know, that sorts itself out generally, um, and then you just have normal family life, you know, um, and and uh, you, you end up having, as, as if as if they're your own children, you know, you yeah, treat them as the family. You that's know? something that, that's... Um, uh, I'm very keen to pick up on. Obviously, the the, the link and the, the, the love that you forge with these children and the links that's there with maybe your own children and these children that come in as foster kids. Um, how does it... A lot of people might say, I'd be worried about becoming a foster parent because I'm, I'm worried a little bit maybe how it's going to impact the dynamic of my own family unit and that it may interrupt and disrupt that in some ways. How would you respond to maybe those fears that a lot of people would have? 
Well, I, I think it's important to sort of, I suppose, depending on the age of your own children, it's important maybe to consult with them as well and to tell them and keep them informed that you're actually taking in. And, and it's, it's easier maybe to start off with a respite situation that that nobody's coming in permanently into the home and it then develops, you know. Um, my, my, my children now are, are, are old <laughs> old, and therefore it, it doesn't really bother them anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's um, like they all treat them each other as foster brothers, foster sisters, you know, and their kids are, are nieces and nephews views and you know it's just an extended family situation. Absolutely you know? yeah and Kevin if I can just uh, turn to you as well you've been involved in fostering since uh, 2014 currently caring for two siblings at this time as, as well. Same question that I asked Kenneth what initially attracted you into going down this road to provide foster care? Uh, how you doing John? Um, well we, we couldn't uh, myself and my wife had no children of her own and we were just attracted to it we were exploring different options and it just seemed like a very attractive thing to us. Um, like a lot of children, you know, come maybe from a very chaotic home, maybe trauma involved, maybe the parents had addiction issues um, or, you know, just were chaotic. Um, so, you know, to be mindful of being able to provide a, a really nice home for kids coming from maybe a scary place. That's not always the case. It could be that a relative died or something, but maybe they've come from a you know a scary place to somewhere that's safe that you can give them, you know, a lovely home that they can feel safe in. You know, hot dinner, um, get them involved in sports and just see them coming from maybe being scared, insecure to becoming confident and loving life. So that's what we were attracted to. And we thought, you know, why not? Let's take the plunge, uh, investigate it, see, is it for us? Uh, we gave it a go and we haven't looked back and we're glad we did. Um, the children are with us now nearly nine years and it's been an amazing experience. It's an extraordinary thing to be involved in, you know, when you, you know, from the day they come, like with the first day they came to us was just for a visit and they said, can we come in? <laughs> and then that's when our hearts melted and we said, of course you can. And we kind of fell in love with the kids and um, it's just been an amazing journey, their journey, our journey. And even watching them in sports, being them successful in sports and, you know, looking at the sidelines, seeing where you are, giving, the, giving you the thumbs up when they score a goal, um, enjoying themselves, surfing, bodyboarding, all these things or just um, make you feel glad that you, you gave it a go. It must fill you with huge satisfaction when you see maybe children, you know, getting involved in the community, experiencing maybe activities that they, for one reason or another, may not have experienced before. So to see them develop, not alone maybe just academically in schools or whatever, but in some of the sporting clubs, some of the hobbies that they may take up, some of the, maybe the, the facilities and services that's been provided locally in the northwest where, where both of you are living, and to see the children engaged in that that must be hugely fulfilling it, it is for me because I love sport myself um, so it's just it's, it was a great fit for us because they're very athletic they love sport like rugby Gaelic football and excelling at it so when they're winning leagues when they're you know really enjoying what they're doing and successful and love going training it does it really gives you a massive sense of pride it really really does and like even in the summer 
like when you know they moved into our home even for your pets it's nearly a, a thing for them to adjust to because we had a big dog yeah. they were initially afraid of the dog the dogs would be a bit wary of them <laughs> but by the summer they're swimming in the sea together Brilliant. you know I don't want to sound soppy or too fluffy or anything like that yeah. but it's just an amazing thing to see it's, it's, you know it's, it's, so that really is the word now is there yeah. bumps in the road starting off and maybe you could have children and maybe um, uh, you know come with a few issues but when you aren't through all that and the rewards outweigh anything else. All right. I was mm. just going to ask you both about that. And maybe, Kenneth, if I can just come back to you for a moment. For families that may be, again, contemplating starting on this particular journey and that want to provide foster care, the skill sets that's needed, maybe to deal with some of the children that may be entrusted into their care. And being honest about it, if children find themselves in foster care, there may be maybe one or two issues that, that could arise, particularly maybe in the early parts of, of placements or whatever. So was the training adequate in the beginning? Did it provide you with the skill sets that was needed? Or does the experience of life in, in many ways help you find resolutions to any issues that may arise? I think it's a combination of both, to be honest with you. I mean, there is there is a lot of training available and you're encouraged to sort of go to courses. Uh, you know, we're, we're always learning, you know. And uh, I suppose particularly as the children get older as well, you know, de- dealing with a, a four or five-year-old is very different to dealing with a teenager, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think there's lots of training out there, uh, but life experiences as well, you know. Um, and look, you know, you will struggle from time to time and, and I suppose that's what your link worker is there for to help you. If you have a problem, you just give them a call or talk to other foster carers, you know. It's, mm. Yeah, yeah. Rachel, I'll just go to you on that as well, because obviously there's ongoing support, I presume, provided to all the, the, the various families that would be offering their homes and taking in children. And equally so, there's probably a, a criteria that, that you use maybe to judge whether a family may express an interest in this, there's probably a criteria that you use to judge that, you know, with the best will in the world, you want to make sure that they're going to be suitable foster parents. Absolutely, John. And I suppose just on the support issue, I suppose we do understand that uh, good support is vital to ensuring any placement um, is successful and also that the foster carers themselves feel confident and capable. Um, so I suppose in terms of TUSLA foster carers, they receive financial, emotional and professional social work support um, and training from TUSLA as well as a national out-of-hours emergency phone service. Um, I suppose in terms of people who may be interested in fostering. So we're looking for people um, who have space in their home and in their life to foster. Um, I suppose foster carers are a diverse group of people who come from all walks of life. So foster carers can be couples, so whether married, cohabiting, same gender. Um, They can be a single person, widowed, separated, divorced people from different cultures, ethnic or religious backgrounds, um, a person with a disability, provided that that disability or medical condition wouldn't prevent you from caring for the child, um, people with or without children, um, people who own their own homes or are in private rented accommodation or local authority housing, employed or unemployed people. Um, and as I said earlier, fostering can be on an emergency or short-term mm. basis. So, so don't be worried. You know, mm. the, the, you'll be able to judge and Tusla will yeah. be able to judge the suitability or not of a person and let them not be worrying maybe about whatever circumstances they have. If I can come back to you, Kevin, and one particular question I'd be interested in asking as well. You obviously build up a lot of bonds with the children that are entrusted in in your care. When it comes to maybe them returning, say, to their own family, how difficult is it to, to let go 
Well, every situation is different and that isn't a situation for us. Um, but I could imagine that would be just pretty heartbreaking, to be honest. Like, every single case is different. No no case is the same. But we're in a lucky situation that it was, you know, that isn't the case. But, uh, yeah, that would be very, very painful. But, you know, I suppose getting back to, as kids might have a few behaviour problems, maybe, and a lot don't, that's just a byproduct of what they went through in the past. But, yeah, John, I'd imagine that would be pretty painful if, you know, the kids did have to go back to their parents, absolutely. You yeah, know. Okay. But there is training, you know, there is, there is a lot of great training for foster carers throughout the year. There's the foundation uh, fostering course at the very start. And you have your link worker as well for support. So there's a, there's a massive amount of support out there. Um, and then, you know, it's whatever placement suits you. With, like if you're doing respite or you're doing something like that, there's different types of fostering that might suit different people. Yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kenneth, you might be able, qualified as well, maybe to speak of that, you, you've told us here, somewhere in the region maybe of 30 children w- would have passed through the family home at one stage or another, and children obviously will get older, and even, you know, children move out of the family home at one stage or another, and that can be a, a traumatic experience as well. So what's it like maybe when some of these youngsters maybe move on and move to the next part of their lives? Well, uh, I mean, I suppose uh, we, we've we've actually had uh, lots of examples Examples of that. Um, we, we've had examples of, uh, I suppose, young children who would be with us for a short period, well, for a long period of time, four or five years or so. And then, you know, thankfully their, their, their parents resolved the issues that brought them into foster care in the first instance and it was safe for them to go home again. And that's very traumatic for, for the foster care. You know, you've built up a bond, you know, uh, with, with that child. It's like losing one of your own children, do you know? Um, so that, that is certainly a stressful situation, but it's, it's unfortunately something you're doing you, you, like at the end of the day you know that the child is with you for a certain period of time it doesn't stop you loving them though you know and, and developing a bond I suppose when they get older uh, through the natural course of events and they become the 18 or 20 and get their education go out and become independent uh, I, I, I suppose again it's like losing your own children you know when they leave home uh, you'd hope that they'd stay in touch and you know we've had situations where you know foster, foster children who have actually left stay in touch you might get a call once every year or once every two years or whatever um, and you know so, sometimes they'd come to visit and so on but look it's 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 individual to the child really absolutely you know? yeah. it, it, and look as long as they're happy you're, you're happy <laughs> yeah. yeah and you can look back on that time with, with, with great fondness and great memories I presume over a 20 year period as well and you'd hear this from parents that the whole role of the parent in the last number of years has probably changed significant and you might talk to people now whose children are growing up and they're gone to college maybe they're married themselves and they tell you God I wouldn't like to be involved in parenting now, but you've stuck the, the, the test of time here back from the, to, over a period of 23 years. Has the role of parenting changed significantly over that period? Uh, well, I, th- I think the basics of parenting is probably still the same insofar as you're providing a safe, secure, loving environment, you know, and, and where, where people can live safely and happily and so on, and, and experience, if you like, all that life has to experience, you know. But uh, in terms of, I suppose, the challenges facing parents, certainly when, when I was rearing my own girls, you know, back in the 90s, life was very, very different. There was no phones, social media, all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with teenagers in the current environment, it's it's certainly very challenging. There's there's things out there that we wouldn't have experienced before. So, yes, absolutely, it's, it is it is changing and, uh, and evolving. And, you know, it's a challenge that can I keep up to date with technology. Yeah, the evolution of technology brings its own challenges of that, there's little doubt. We've heard from Rachel, um, Kevin, explain how there's always a need 
see there's always a demand for new families to come in. If you were to, say, use the airwaves here on Ocean FM for the time being, for the next minute or two, to maybe give a statement or I won't say an argument, but maybe encouragement to any particular family who might be going through this or going over it, perhaps thinking about becoming foster parents, what would you tell them? What would you say to them? Well, what's the point having any regrets in life? You know, um, why not give it a go? If, if it's something you're drawn to, there's obviously a reason why you are. Like, why does anyone, why does someone climb Mount Everest? There's something inside you that feels you want to do it. Then get in contact with Tusla and, and give it a go. It might work out if it doesn't, no harm done. But you're, you're, you're giving a home to a child that really needs one at a time where foster care is a little bit scarce. And you won't regret it. We we're, we're like we loved the decision we made. It, it worked out well for us. Maybe it doesn't work out well for everybody, but you won't know unless you give it a go. All right, it's, it's a fair comment, and I presume something similar uh, as well, Kenneth, from your own end of it. Yeah, it's rewarding. It's actually so rewarding because, like, I mean, you know, uh, it, it gives it gives me an opportunity to stay young uh, because you're obviously dealing with younger kids, you know, um, and, and and keeps you keeps you doing things that maybe somebody of my age probably wouldn't be doing, running to football matches and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, but yeah, it, it keeps you young, and it, it's it's good to have young people around the house. To be honest with you, you know. Well, look at fantastic. Well done to both of you on the work and and the contribution that you have made there to so many young people's lives over a, a period of time. And Rachel, again, for maybe families that say want to maybe make contact contact with you on the on the back of maybe listening to the interview here live with Kenneth or Kevin or maybe listening to it as a podcast at a later stage, you're always interested, I presume, in hearing from potential foster families. Absolutely, John. So if anyone out there is anyways interested or has any questions or would like further information in relation to fostering, come along to one of our coffee mornings um, or, as I said, free phone our number, which is 18 18- Hundred two two six seven seven one, or send us an email at tusla.fostering at tusla.ie and we'll be delighted to answer any questions you may have. Just going back to one point that you made earlier at any given moment in time, even at the moment now, 112 children in foster care at the minute, 85 families currently on your panel. But, you know, those numbers can change at any stage. There can be a fluctuation in them and you always need to have, I suppose, an adequate panel built up because for one moment or another it might not always necessarily suit a family to be involved in foster care. Absolutely John and so we're always looking for foster carers and I suppose the more foster carers we have on our panel in terms of matching then placement requests or children with the right family so it's really really important that we always have a uh, foster carers adequate yeah adequate numbers and finally um, the whole initiative of fostering fortnight as we mentioned it got underway on Monday you've touched on some of the events that are taking place here there's lots of information available as well online on this particular subject again an initiative at this time of the year that it's important that it's effective that it grabs people's attention and very much I suppose highlights uh, what is really a, a very vital service in society Yes, absolutely. And also to say um, the website as well. So that's www.fostering.ie. There's a lot of online information sessions as well. Um, So definitely look that up. Um, And as I said, give us a call or send us an email and we'll be very happy to help out. Well, Rachel, thank you so much indeed for coming into studio and explaining all that to us. Indeed, to Kenneth and Kevin as well. Thank you both. Well done on the work that you're doing and many more um, successful years in fostering. We wish for both of you as well. 
Thank, thank, thank you indeed. Thank you all indeed for coming in and joining us in studio. It's a wonderful initiative. It's brilliant to see the, the I suppose, the help that um, the likes of Kenneth and Kevin and their families are given two children through the fostering that they're providing, the foster care that they're providing right here in the Northwest region. That's about it. We're out of time. Margaret Carr Flynn produced the programme. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, Niall returns tomorrow morning at nine o'clock with the Friday edition of Northwest Today and the Friday panel as well. But for the moment, from myself, John Lynch, from all of us on the programme, stay safe in the snow. Bye bye for now.